Aloha Mission Church. Oh, I, I'm just bursting with excitement today with all of the amazing things that, uh, that have already happened in the life of our service. And then at the end of our service, we have two more people to baptize today. And in Hawaii, when you get, you get blessed, and here you guys call it goosebumps, we call it chicken skin in Hawaii. I, I'm all chicken skinned out already. <laughs> it's so good. What an amazing day today. And um, I'm just so grateful for what God is doing in the life of our church. If you are a guest with us today, we welcome you and thank you for being a part. And if you don't have a church home and you're looking for one, Mission Church is a great place to be. I just want you to know that. Um, today, you guys are coming on a great day. Today, we are starting a brand new sermon series that I'm just excited to, uh, to, to, to unfold and begin to share with you today. Since December, right, and we're in the middle of April, but since December, we have been in a sermon series called Journeying with Jesus. And in Journeying with Jesus, we have specifically looked at this kind of big theological word called our Christology, the theology of who Jesus is to us. And that Christology is so important because it really shapes the relationship that we have with Jesus and who he is to us. And like any relationship that you have, the deeper you know someone, the more you spend time with that person, the greater the level of investment that you have in the relationship and that relationship has in you, right? The deeper the relationship goes. And in our relationship with who Jesus is, our Christology is formed in much the same way. And it's so important for us to understand the depths of who Jesus is. Because it's so easy to say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, like so many people do. And not understand the implications of what that means. But when you truly understand that how Jesus saves and what that means for your soul. And then when you understand what it means to make Jesus Lord of your life and you live into that statement that Jesus is Lord to me and how my life changes because of that, then it's a new ball game, right? Because then the relationship gets way, way deeper. And you obey the words of Jesus in a brand new way. And then when you see the example that Jesus leaves for us, you follow that because you know him. A lot of people say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and they never follow the example of what Jesus left for us to do. And here, we want to make sure that our Christology is solid. So we spent December till April focusing on the depth of our Christology. And now we're beginning a brand new sermon series that comes out of the flow of our Christology. And what I want to do over the course of the next few weeks and possibly months, I'm sure, is to deepen our understanding of who we are as a community of believers that gathers together to authentically love God, humbly serve one another, and intentionally share what I want for us is to deepen, and I'm going to share another big 
theological word with you is to deepen our ecclesiology, which is the theology of the church, right? That's what ecclesiology means. And this new sermon series is called Our Ecclesiology. We own this. This is who we are as the kingdom of God right here at Mission Church. And having a strong ecclesiology is so, so, so important because when we gather together as the church, we can all have a different understanding of what it means to be church, to be the church. And if we all come with different understandings, then we can hardly get anything accomplished together because we're all here doing different things and for different reasons. But if we come together with a clear understanding and a clear purpose that is directed from the Word of God and formed out of our own Christology, can you imagine what will happen to this community when every single person here understands why we gather and for whom we gather. And then live that out so that when we gather together, it's not everybody coming for a different reason, but we're united in a, in a, in a powerful and I would even dare say unusual way. Because when you get this many people together in a room and our hearts are united in the same way, I say that's kind of unusual, right? But how beautiful the church will be when we're all together. Because, church, I want you to hear me when I say this. As we have come through the previous sermon series on Christology, we are formed by that Christology. And when we live into that Christology and, and, and we join together as a community of believers, our Christology begins to shape our ecclesiology. Who we become as a community comes directly from who we have a relationship with in Jesus and how that relationship plays out to us. So when I ask you this question, what do you think it means to be the body of Christ? Think about that for a second. What is your answer to that? Because that is who we are. What if I say, what do you think it means for us to be the house of the Lord? What, is that, what does that say to you? Right? We want to we make sure that we understand these things. Is the church this building? Is the church a place where I come to be filled? Or is the church a place where I come to be emptied? Do I judge the church by what it can do for me? Or do I, do I judge the church by what I can contribute to it? So many questions that form and come out of a deep and a, a healthy understanding of what Christology is. So, More than simply just, to, what, what I want us to do is, is get a deeper understanding of, of who we are when we gather corporately like this. I want us to understand who we are, right, when we connect with the church, the capital C church, 
the church universal. But yet, how distinctive we are as a local church right here. And what does it mean to be a Nazarene church? If you're a guest with us, I've never been to a Nazarene church before. Yeah, this is a good question to ask. What does it mean to be a Nazarene? I'm not going to preach that sermon today because we're going to just take one step at a time. And I just want to talk about the forming and the shaping and the formation of our ecclesiology. So over the next few weeks and months, that's what we're going to focus in on, the deepening of our ecclesiology. So I want to begin with the first lesson of, of, of our ecclesiology today. This is lesson number one. You ready? Lesson number one on ecclesiology. The church is not a building. Okay? The church is people. That's important for us to understand. We are a mission church of the Nazarene. And this building that we meet in is called our sanctuary. Okay? So everybody said that. So when, when we say, hey, meet me at the church, well, you, we all understand what that means, right? But, but we need a better definition of church. It's more than this place that's set aside for us to worship in. The church really is people. So, because I want to hammer that home as, as lesson number one, everybody repeat after me. Okay, I'll say it, then you repeat after me. I am the church. Thank you for being so affirming in that, because you guys were loud. I could hear you up here. I am the church. You are the church. Turn to the people beside you, right? And say to the people to either side of you, you are the church. Go ahead. Yeah. Good. Because I want everybody to understand that the church is people, right? It's not a building not even a place. The church is you and me. And when we come together and our hearts are united and we share the same purpose for why we're here and we, we share the same plan that God has for this church, we can accomplish great things for the kingdom of God. Now, with that understanding that the church's people, I'm going to read a passage of scripture for you. And I want you to hear... I want you to hear how ecclesiology, the theology of the church, is formed and fashioned by a strong Christology. In fact, Jesus, Jesus helps us to understand our ecclesiology through our Christology. This passage comes from Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 18. And I want you to hear the word of the Lord. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do the people say the Son of Man is? Right there, I'm going to pause and just edit and just kind of give commentary. Who, what Jesus is doing is shaping Christology. You see it? Who do the people say the Son of Man is? He's wanting to get at the theology of who Jesus is. And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, 
For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I will tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. On this rock, I will build my ecclesia. I will build my church. It's not a building. It's people. I will build my people. Right? And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Oh, this is so important for us to know that our Christology now, how it shapes our ecclesiology. Because Jesus began, the whole question is, who do the people say that I am? And, and then the disciples were saying, well, some say you're this, some say you're that. What is, what is the answer? And then, by a revelation from God to Simon Peter, Simon said, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And when we read that passage and you look right into it, the clear understanding of what Jesus says is that you, on this rock, I will build my church. Right? He gives Peter a, a Simon a brand new name. Now, instead of just Simon, you are Simon Petras, Simon Peter. And that word Peter is rock. And on this rock... I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And here's the thing I want you to know. That is 100% true. What Jesus said, that Simon will help to build the church. And if you know your Bible, Acts chapter 2, after Jesus was crucified, rose again from the grave when we celebrated on Easter Sunday. And then on Pentecost, when he came uh, and, and ascended back into heaven, Simon Peter, filled by the Holy Spirit, began the New Testament church in Acts chapter 2. Powerful. You can read that. It's one of my favorite things to read about when God started the church through his disciples and used Simon Peter, the rock upon which God would uh, build the church and the gates of Hades will not, uh, will not overcome it. If you understand what Jesus shared in Matthew, you're, you're, you're right on, on target. But I want you to know that as I read this passage and try to understand ecclesiology a little bit deeper, I think Jesus had a deeper message for us to understand. And, and that is this. That as Jesus began forming this Christology of who he is, and the revelation from God to Simon Peter where God gave Simon this understanding that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, what God revealed to Simon Peter was that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And that, that piece of, of truth right there is really foundational for the church. And that foundation is like any solid foundation we build upon. You have to make sure that it is secure, like a cornerstone, a petrus, the rock. And so along with Simon Peter being the rock that began the New Testament church, I sincerely believe that as Jesus begins with Christology and he forms our ecclesiology, 
and he says that on this rock I will build my church, I believe that the rock that he means by this is also the depth of understanding that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Because today, this church is established by that foundation, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And, and while Simon Peter helped to start the New Testament church, he kind of goes away in the book of Acts. But the message that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, continues to remain and is the foundation for the church that is built. And I find that revelation to be amazing. And so, this is why Christology shapes our ecclesiology. And here, Jesus uses the word church. I will build my church. The Greek word for church there is ekklesia. Everybody say ekklesia. ekklesia. Right? Ekklesia is the Greek word for church. And that word ekklesia means to be called out. Or it also could mean the ones who are called out. The called out ones. And so we understand right from that very thing that ekklesia is not a building. Right? The called out building. Nope. Not, not really. Ecclesia is to be the called out people. Right? Because that's what being called out is all about. To be called out in this way means to be set apart and separated. Because that's who the people of God are. The church. We are separated for the purpose and the pleasure of God. That's what ecclesia is, to be set apart for God's use. And so we see this word church in two ways here, as Jesus says that uh, the, 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 the church will prevail over the gates of hell. And so the two ways that we see this being called out is, number one, that the church, the people who are assembled in this place, you are called out of this place, of this sanctuary, called out to go into the world and testify about who God is in your life, right? To go out into the world and tell people about who, you, who Jesus is to you so that you can be known as his disciples. And then he said in the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations, right? And, and that's what we're called to do. That's a part of what it means to be the church, the called out ones. So that the second part of called out can be lived out. And that is when we call people out of the world to find refuge and reconciliation and salvation in this place. And that's why this place is so important. Because we are called out to go and to bring people and call people out of the world to find Jesus here. And, and I, 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 I believe wholeheartedly that that is how the kingdom of God continues to develop and grow. When we have a clear understanding that when we gather, that this place is not just for me, but for the many who will come to know Jesus because of me and because of you and our testimony as we walk out these doors. What happens as the church outside of these doors is Every bit as important as what happens as a church as we come to gather and worship here on Sunday morning. This is the beautiful cycle of ecclesia to be called out 
and to call out others to come in. And to call, be called out, so that we can call others to come in. And every time we see this beautiful cycle uh, uh, take place, it's a healthy, healthy thing for our church. And so, church, the theology of our church calls us to be set apart to live out God's plan and God's purpose. To make sure we understand what God's priority is for the church. So that we can live into being what is pleasurable to God. To love God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our minds and to love our neighbor as ourself and to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness so that others may know Jesus and come to know Him through this local church. Mm. So, lesson number one, the church's people, right? Lesson number two is this, that Jesus is the head of the church. Everybody say, Jesus is the head of the church. That is so important. So that we can have a firm foundation of what it means to be the church. The church... I'm going to say this real clearly. The church is not Pastor Gordon. Okay? We need to understand that. If you think, oh, Pastor Gordon, no. You can have another pastor up here. Next Sunday, Pastor Paul is going to preach. But you know what's going to remain? That the spirit of the living God is here. And he is at work in all of us. Okay? So I'll, I'll say that right off the bat. If anything were ever to happen to me, the church will continue. But it will not happen apart from Jesus. He is the most important thing. Amen? Amen. All right, we got that clear. So because Jesus is the head of the church, and when a strong Christology, Jesus, shapes our ecclesiology, which is who we are, we understand that the head, Jesus is the head, And he calls us the body of Christ. The body of Christ is a reference from Colossians chapter 1 as Paul talks about the church to the church in Colossae. And and I'm going to share this passage again with you. Listen carefully to the Christology that forms the ecclesiology. Okay, listen carefully. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 18. Paul writes, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church. All right. That's lesson number two in our lesson on Christology. Jesus is the head of the church, and the church now is the body of Christ. And when we, as the church, function as the body of Christ, we obey everything the head calls us to do, right? Before your arm ever does anything to move, like right now I'm a little thirsty, so my head's telling my arm, get a drink of water before you pass out. And my body is going to obey 
my head, my mind. And so the body of Christ lives in obedience to the head who is Jesus. And when we obey the things that Jesus taught, when we live out the example that Jesus has given to us, when, when we do that well, church, lives are changed and people find hope, they find peace, and their lives are completely transformed because of the power of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Mine has been because of Jesus. And if you know Christ as I do, then your life has been transformed because of Jesus. And church, over the past 10 weeks that we've been, that, that over the past 10 weeks, a part of our church has gathered for something that, that we began in, in this discipleship series and program, and we called it dish.com because it represents discipleship communities at Mission Church, and, and that's a mouthful, so we just shortened it to dish.com. And over the last 10 weeks, We've eaten together because it was centered around a meal. And we all gathered together and we ate together. And then we read the Bible together, the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts. And then we learned together. And we began to share together. Not just what we learned, but we shared life together. We built relationships that we never had before. And at the culmination of these ten weeks of doing life together, uh, just Amazing 10 weeks. We had a celebration right here last Wednesday night. And in that celebration, I just gave an opportunity for people to share their story. What, what happened in me? How was my life changed because I have been a part of this church, doing this in this community? And, uh, and what I wanted to do was invite two people to come up and share with you not my words, but their life and their experience of how being a part of this church has impacted their lives. This is Megan and, and Carmen George. Let's give it up for them. Hi, my name is Megan. And a little more than a year ago, uh, when I was on the bus, I was told some things by boys that sadly many girls my age have had to be told. So when I moved here and this talk com started, I knew what I wanted to do was try to repair, repair my relationship with God. Because when that was happening, I asked myself, is God even here? Is he real? Is he watching over me? So when I started to hear other people's stories and what they had been through, I realized I'm not alone. And because of that, my relationship with God is stronger than ever. Thank you. I'm Carmen. I'm Megan's mom. And uh, we moved here not quite a year ago, and we started coming to Mission Church. And um, I was a little hesitant when Pastor Gordon asked me to be a facilitator for one of the groups at Dish.com, but... Um, I went ahead and did it, and uh, it helped me to get to know people in the church, which was a good thing being new here. Um, but uh, as a parent, we 
doubt ourselves a lot, just like as leaders in the church, we probably do too. Are we doing the right thing um, in raising our kids and God? And um, what it did for me, it allowed me to see that I'm doing okay. Um, The profound things that came out of her mouth that I heard when she was sharing the word, I never looked at it that way. And it allowed our group to learn some things that we didn't see. And I really thank the leadership for putting it on their heart to do this. And so it was a real blessing um, to know that we're doing okay in the things that we do. Thank you so much. It's profound when you hear a young person say that in the church, my faith became real and came alive to me. That I, this, 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 this faith that my parents told me about now becomes my own. That's profound, church. So, lesson number one, the church is people. Lesson number two, Jesus is the head of the church. And the lesson number three is this that the church is a living organism. And like all living organisms, when it is healthy, it'll grow naturally. And this church is healthy. Because when you hear stories like that, it is, an, it is evidence that God is at work in this body. Think of your own body. right? <laughs> when I was a lot younger, I was stronger and faster and now that I'm where I'm at now, I really got to be careful about making sure that I'm healthy. Rochelle always reminds me, Gordon, we need to exercise. <laughs> I'm like, yes, we do. And, and keeping your body healthy is so vital, right? So that you can function normally. Because when you're not healthy, when you're ill, or if something were to happen to your body, you don't function well and normal. And you can't grow. And so the body of Christ is much the same way. With Jesus as our head, and knowing that we are the body of Christ, when we continue to focus on health, being healthy, growth will come naturally. And that's what I sincerely believe. And growing the formation of our ecclesiology will help our faith, will deepen our fellowship and with, our, our, with, deepen our fellowship with God and with each other. And that's what Dish.com did for everybody that was a part of it. And a healthy church testifies to what Megan just talked about. And that is drawing closer to God every single day. Because you're a part of a community that fosters that and encourages that. And when people continue to draw closer to God, there's always celebrations to be had. Right? When people are drawing closer to God, we celebrate the great things that God is doing in our lives. And we have so much to celebrate. We've celebrated a lot of things. Over the last few weeks, transformed lives. Today, we celebrated new members joining the church. And that's, that's significant for a pastor, for the members of our church. That's amazing. We celebrate the... the Stage full of graduates today. Let's give it up for our graduates one more time. Woohoo! (laughs) 
Next week, we're going to celebrate Paul and Alita Slater. I saw Alita right here. Boom, there you are. With a Distinguished Service Award. If you know Paul and Alita, they are so deserving. And we celebrate that for you. And then on Easter Sunday, we celebrated 17 people being baptized here at Mission Church. And I, for one, have been continued. God has continued to use that event to move and shape me and fashion me. To to know the value of a healthy church and the celebrations that exist as a result of it. And today, I'm so excited to tell you that we have two more people to baptize. And my prayer is that we'll continue to have more people to baptize because God is doing a great work in the life of this church because He is the head and we are the body. And when this place is healthy, lives are changed. Amen?